0: So we're in our series. It's about time I wrestled and you know I took a break from the series to follow Pastor Walt and our faith message. And Pastor Walt's at our San Angelo campus today preaching, and um, and so I'm sure they're getting blessed or already already or uh, in the process or been blessed earlier service. But um, but it's about time. And uh, I talked about this when we kicked it off. Like what is time and how do we process time and how do we think about time? Because pretty much. What we believe about time was brought to us by the world, was brought to us by our parents, was brought to us by needs like, you know, bills and jobs and things like that. And, and so most of what we understand and operate in the sense of time comes not from God and his word and I'll remind you with just a simple scripture real quick, another scripture that kind of gives us an, a glimpse into what time is for God. And in Psalm 90, verse 4, chapter 90, verse 4, it says, For you, God, a thousand years are as a passing day, as brief as a few night hours. What is time in the sense of what is eternal? Eternal just simply means to be outside of time. What is time? And I, as I thought about, I thought about this. What is one of our greatest complaints of all time? One of our greatest complaints of all time is time itself. One of the things I don't know about you, and and maybe it's something different for you, but but I think I feel like I hear it, and and uh, and of course you know uh, leading teams and and meetings and and church stuff and 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 then personal stuff and traveling. I had to. had to travel. I'm still accommodating to some of the Metroplex traveling since moving here last year. And like last year I decided to go with Pastor Walt over to uh, this video shoot thing for Christian Men's Network. And I was like, not enjoying my drive. (laughs) I was like, man, maybe I can find a way to enjoy more on the way home. Other than the fact that I'm just going home. But, and and working through that time. So how many, how many phrases, maybe you've got a phrase, maybe you've got a go-to phrase about time when you feel like crunched on time or, or out of time, time is slipping away. How about time flies? Not enough time. Not enough time. How many times do we say that? I carved out some time. You carved out time out of time? Yeah, how'd you carve out time? Quality time. Is is that really a thing? I mean, we would like to we like to say quality time, quality over quantity. <laughs> and we have time. I tried to find some time or I grabbed a few moments. Stole some time with someone. I don't know about you. I feel, like, I feel like a thief sometimes on that. And I lost track of time. Time is one of our biggest complaints. But I think there's a reason for that, a very legitimate reason for why time is one of our biggest complaints. It's because we weren't made to experience time in the way we do now. This is not the way we were created. I liked how, and I said before, we live in a, in a time but are destined for eternity I love how C.S. Lewis hits this in the screw tape letters where they're, uh, you know, in the screw tape letters, he's trying to trick us. He's like, like, the moment, this present moment is what is mostly connected to eternity more than anything else. It's not the future, it's not the past, it's the present. It's this moment that you're experiencing is connected to eternity. We live in time but are destined for eternity. C.S. Lewis also, he, he directs us in one of his letters that he didn't tie it directly to time, but I thought about this because he's like, you ever notice that a fish doesn't complain about the water that it's in? That, that, a, that a fish, when it's in the natural environment that it was created for, there is no complaint. You're like, well, yeah, the fish doesn't have a mouth. How is it going to complain? And even if it did, it's underwater. You're going to hear, blah, 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 like you're not going to actually hear anything. But you can see the physical reaction. If you take a fish out of water, what does it do? It reacts. It's outside of its natural element that God intended it for. And all of a sudden, we now see a response. And how often is that for us? that the very thing that we're complaining about is just a natural response because of this thing that we were not intended for. I love when concepts that I'm looking into take me all the way back to the Garden of Eden, take me all the way back to Adam and Eve, and this is what we see with Adam and Eve in the garden. We see God creating Adam, breathing life into Adam, not just a life, not just some life, his life into Adam. And we see this this interaction, this moment of, Adam doing the very thing that he's called to do, and 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 then we see the mistake and we see the fall and we see a punishment. And and in the midst of this, this, this consequence to the choices that Adam made, which I, I love talking about that and, and going deeper, but for for this morning, we're just gonna keep moving. But in Genesis chapter 3, verse 22, we're reminded it says, Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out? take fruit from the tree of life and eat it, then they will live forever. My title today is Time Interrupted. Time is interrupted. Interruptions are a natural thing of time natural thing of what we process. I'm not just talking about the interruptions, like when you're having a conversation and someone interrupts you. Maybe that is you. Uh, maybe you're the interrupter. You ever you ever feel like you're, you're, whether you're the interrupted or the interrupter in conversations, but but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the things that come up in life that we did not plan for, expect, or, or have any preparation to understand. It's the interruptions. It's uh, And it can be the small interruptions. It's the running into the person at the grocery store that you know, or that you avoided. You didn't actually run into him because you were hiding. Because you didn't want that interruption. That you were like, oh man, I cannot afford that conversation today. I'm going to just, if I can go over here and do this. And, and like you're trying to avoid them. And, uh, and you're like me, life is interrupted. Maybe if I had my phone up here, I'd show you the little red dot on my iPhone that shows I still need to update the software. Because why? I don't want that interruption. Are you kidding me? I don't want to wait for that software update. And yet, yet all of a sudden, we've got these interruptions that come in. And, and that's why I turn notifications off on some things. Apple will not let me turn that one off. And, uh, but I'd be like, I can turn off my notifications on my email and kill that interruption. But man, some, some we can deal with and some we can't. Interruptions of life. I, I feel like I was as even revisiting the story of Adam and Eve. I, I feel like interruptions was what the serpent was doing with Eve. That was one of those interruptions that we did not need to encounter. That we need to try to avoid. Time is interrupted, and yes, this is what we see as we see the situation of this interruption that cost such a price that had to be paid. The interruption. C.S. Lewis, I, have, I didn't plan on saying his name this many times, by the way, but uh, th- this idea of what he was saying in a letter that he wrote said, The great thing, if if one can, is to stop regarding all unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own real life. It says, The truth is, of course, that one calls the interruptions uh, the one, what one calls interruptions, are precisely one's real life. The interruptions themselves are the real life that you're living. The life God is sending one day by day. One calls one's real life is uh, what one calls one's real life is a phantom of one's own imagination. This, at least, is what I see at moments of insight. But it's hard to remember all the time. We feel like the interruptions that we are going to experience are the things that are not intended for us, the things that are outside of what we are designed and created to experience. And yet C.S. Lewis is arguing that those very things are the things that we were intended to encounter. The interruptions of life, the interruptions that we cannot avoid. And they don't always have to be the bad interruptions that we encounter, like with the serpent in the garden. We see some other interruptions, and I'm in Luke chapter eight, and this is the story that I'm going to share about today. I preach. I in in planning this series and talking about this series, I wasn't going to talk about this story because I just preached on this story a couple years ago, and I called it Miracle Time. and 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 the thing is, it, like, it came from a different angle of like. Of the situation of the young girl, the 12-year-old girl, and and the woman with the issue of blood that had had that for 12 years, and and, and, and it was this idea that no matter what your miracle need is, that the time is not a factor. It's not that you've had it too long or haven't had it enough. Let me say that again. Like sometimes, even though I'm not going to re-preach that, is sometimes it's that thing of sometimes it's that not only I've had it too long that I've given up on God intervening in a miracle situation, or sometimes we think because of how we view ourselves, we think, oh, I've not suffered long enough with this thing. Let me tell you, it's not true. And so today I'm looking at this story again, though, and I saw it a little differently with this idea and this concept of time is interruption. And so in the text of Luke chapter 8, verse 40, It says, On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader in the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure coming up behind Jesus she touched the fringe of his robe and immediately the bleeding stopped who touched me Jesus asked everyone denied it Peter even said master this this whole crowd is pressing up against you I can, I can imagine Peter is not liking the interruption like whoa, whoa, whoa like really Jesus like 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 Peter you know like it's kind of like when they're gonna feed like we're gonna like feed like just send them home and let them get some food. She's like, no, 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 no. This is your interruption, not their interruption. This is your opportunity to be their opportunity. And and so I could imagine Peter responding and reacting in this situation. He's like, really? Like, Jesus, come on, son of God, like just just come on, just keep going, Jesus. Almost like like a like a protection detail for a celebrity, like just keep moving, keep moving, like keep everybody off. And and Peter trying to trying to manage this. But Jesus said Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. And when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. There's an, there's an interruption that is taking place that Jesus is allowing. Why is Jesus allowing such a... Jesus, you're on your way to a 12-year-old girl who's dying. How important is that? How, how big is this situation for what everybody's facing? And a father that's right there who has sought after you because he's heard the tales of what is coming across the water and down the mountain and traveling across the way, coming into his town, and he's heard it in his anticipation. His faith has, has brought him all the way as a synagogue leader. Not all religious people are bad, by the way. <laughs> and uh, a and synagogue leader, and, and he's made his way, and yet you would stop. There's no time to waste Jesus. There's no time to pause Jesus. We've got to keep going to get to the little girl. And yet you wait. You allow an interruption. Jesus is not scared of these interruptions of time that take place in his life. Jesus was, was constantly interrupted just even in the same chapter before we find Jesus is being interrupted by a leprous man as he came down from the mountain. We find Jesus entering Capernaum and a centurion and a woman uh, went to Peter's house and, and Peter's mother-in-law was sick. And, and Jesus probably just trying to enter in a home and he's entering a home into a situation that he did not plan for that we know of. Evening came and the demon possessed came looking for him. They're not going to find him during the day. We find Jesus sleeping in the storm that Pastor Wall just talked about recently. And in the midst of his sleeping, an interruption comes. And he doesn't just leave the storm. He allows the interruption to change what he was doing, to change the plans, to be able to address the storm. Jesus allows these interruptions. What does that look like for us in our lives? We so often view interruptions in this way uh, of not being able to do anything or trying to avoid it or it's this negative opportunity that we're facing. And we have these interruptions that come in. What does it look like for us in our lives and how we handle these and address these? Well, I know one thing. If we're to be like Jesus, then we need to reconsider what these interruptions really are. But ultimately, we believe these interruptions, at least in 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 one of my takes on this is we believe that interruptions are taking something away from us. And even really weird about it is we think the interruptions are taking something away from us that is actually ours to begin with. Like, when we talk about what is time and that time is this measurement that even, that even the measurement of time is even outside of earth. It's, it's a relation of earth with planets or moon and like these different things and how time is not even consistent. And yet we think we can own this very thing that we yet we cannot hold, we cannot truly measure. But it's ours and yet we think it'll, we're going to lose something. We're going to ha- have something taken away from us. But what does it look like to view time differently? And I believe if we can view time differently, we can view interruptions differently. I love how Jesus, it's going on in the story. It says, while he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. I like how it even says, while he was still speaking. Uh, that, there's one of those interrupters. <laughs> there's one of those like, like whoa, like really? Like, I don't know. I, you know, for me nowadays, I, I'm sure I've cut Jesus off no times. I'm sure, like, I'm sure like he was probably speaking something to me. And I was like, well, but actually, Jesus, you don't know what they did. Like, you know, like, I've probably interrupted Jesus my fair share of times with a but actually. and, uh, and But, I, man, I look at this, I'm like, man, I don't know about you, but I do not want to interrupt Jesus. If Jesus got a word for me, may I not be an interrupter. If Jesus has a word for somebody else, may I not be an interrupter. And we find this while he was still speaking to her. By the way, if the, person, uh, if the interrupter is with you, do not look at them during this time. It could be a very awkward ride home. Do not poke them, jab them. But when Jesus, when Jesus heard what had happened, He said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith and she will be healed. Jesus was interruptible and we need to be that way. Time after time again, we can find even in the Old Testament of God operating in ways of interruptions. God showing up to the unexpected, the unplanned. I don't know about you. I, I can't imagine that Moses ever expected or anticipated a burning bush in the midst of the wilderness. Can't imagine that Gideon expected an angel to show up while he was hiding in a wine press, just trying to just trying to live, just trying to get by. Even when God's using other people, He has Elisha showing up or Elijah showing up to Elisha in an interrupted moment. And even when Elisha's like, hey, well, let me, let me take care of this. Nope. No, a man tried to say that to Jesus and Jesus is like, let the dead bury their dead. Let, 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 I don't have time for you to wait around. Of course, even digging into the depths of that, I don't have time to wait around. Now is the time. Now is the moments. I'm interrupting for a purpose. Jesus shows up to the disciples and says, come follow me. I don't know about you, but if I had a job, nice job, uh, and of course, maybe it wasn't nice, but if I had a, a job in the situation and some stranger just says, come follow me, I'm uh, okay, yeah, uh, why? Uh, like, what's next? What's in it for me? What, what do I gotta do for this interruption? Is this interruption to my life and my plan going to be worth it? Let's be real, when we, when we see that person in the grocery store, we immediately measure, we're, we're measuring the time is the value of here worth it? Is this really gonna pay off? Do I really need to have this conversation? Do I really need to hear about their, their problem? Do I really need this? What is that interruption? And sometimes we can't do it. Oh, I, was, man, I was so disappointed yesterday. Had a, one of our young adults uh, send the text message that he was gonna go hiking and I was like, ah! Oh, and he told the time. he's like, if anybody wants to join. And I'm like, I wanna join. I just can't right now. And, and sometimes we have those interruptions that legitimately, like, we just can't give to them. We were talking in Young Adults on Thursday, and, uh, and I, was remembering, so I was remembering the story of when, when I felt like uh, God had placed on my heart to do heart lunches for the homeless and to have these ready-to-go bags, these meals in my car. And, and I remember when the interruption came for God calling me to do this ministry. And the interruption came in my life and I I said, and I I didn't actually say no, but my actions said no. I didn't do the thing that God had told me to do, therefore I didn't care about the thing. I said, said, God, I don't have time for that. When I didn't do the thing that God called me to do, I said, I don't have time for that. How often does the voice of God come and he's unctioning us onto something greater, something challenging? Maybe it's just something scary and we don't know how to process it. And so we said, I don't have time for that. You don't have time. You don't, whose time are you even have? There's only one person's time that you have and it's his time, the time that he's given you. There's nobody else's time that you do or do not have. It's not even yours to begin with. And I said, God I didn't have time for that. And then I remember when I pulled up and the homeless man was there outside my window that one day and I, I didn't have what God had told me to have. And sometimes I know these, these situations, they, they, they break our hearts, but I tell you, I made time for it afterwards. I made time to do what God was calling me to do. Pick up the story in verse 51 of Luke chapter eight. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. I like how he lo- yelled it. Let's, let's make sure everybody hears it. Let's, hear, let's, let's make sure those interrupters outside are going to hear what's going to take place inside. You know, sometimes we've got those interrupters in our life that have been naysayers and negative people that have just been putting us down and trying to rob our time of what God wants to do. God wants to move in your life. And we have allowed too many times people to keep us out of that thing that God has called us to, Wasting our time, not our time, wasting his time in our lives. Jesus, he's gonna say aloud, My child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. And then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Can I get an amen there? It's almost lunchtime, we're getting there. Jesus, Jesus is moving in the interruptions going to be the situations that are going to come and that are going to take place. And there's so many stories, and I think when we look at story after story, we see interruption after interruption. But yet we're so often trained in the way of the world in our lives and our upbringing and media and everything that we face and the marketing that we look at and watch that, that's, that's put on us, and we, we always we come back to this measurement of time, this thing that we don't have, this thing that we can't hold. And here's my thing, and here's why I think the interruption is so important for us, and, and this is important for the church, not just us individually, but us collectively. This is what we often don't plan for God to move in our lives. We often might pray. We often might hope. How many times do we truly plan? It's one of the things I love in, in Global Ventures, when we go on a Global Ventures mission trip, which you can sign up now, uh, we'll have uh, forums for you. And uh, they got trips lined out uh, this year and a little plug for our short-term missions. But I remember like one of the things is absolutely is like, is like okay, if we prayed for your back to be healed, the next thing we're going to do after we've laid hands and prayed for your back to be healed is we're going to ask you to stand up and test it. And the same goes in the other way in in our preparation for what God's going to do, the miracle he's going to do in our lives. We often try to sit back and wait. Okay, I've, I've prayed, I've believed, I've held on to faith, faith for the storm, and now I sit back and I wait. And I never test the thing that I'm believing for God to come through in my lives, in my life. We often don't plan for God to move in our lives. Too many times I've prayed for something and done nothing. God, use me in a way that I've never been used before. Okay, I want you to feed the homeless. Okay, I'll do nothing. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't how you thought it was gonna be. Maybe it wasn't the thing that the thing that God called you to do wasn't the thing that you thought he would call you to do. Maybe you weren't ready for it and maybe it just wasn't what you thought it was. Maybe it was still that preconceived notions of the ideas we get in our heads that become roadblocks to what God wants to do in our lives because we're not ready for the interruption. And so if we often don't plan for God to move in our lives, and if God often moves in interruptions, then we need to plan for interruptions. If God is gonna move in our lives through interruptions, then we need to be prepared that the next time the interruption comes, that we perceive as an interruption that we know is not a serpent trying to talk us out of something good for us. But if we got an interruption that's coming in our lives, we need to be prepared to give God our yes, like Pastor David talked about last week. We need to give him our yes now and be like, God, okay, when this interruption comes, I'm going to give you my yes now for what's going to come my way. That when the interruption comes, I know it's not a distraction. Uh, I know, and it, you may need to take time and pray about it and seek wisdom on it. You may need to talk to a pastor. Don't get me wrong. Let's not, let's not completely throw wisdom and guidance out the window. And I'm going to say that every interruption is a God interruption. Now, every interruption is able to be used by God. It may have been a bad interruption that came into your life. That car accident wasn't your fault. That, that decision at work wasn't your fault, but yet you ended up paying a consequence for it that you weren't prepared for. Your child made a decision that affected the family that, that, that you're having to live through and live out, and it wasn't your choice, but yet you're in this situation of an interruption. And what, what, one of the things that makes God so good is that he says, that, that wasn't my interruption. Guess what? I'm still going to use it. God, why am I blind? Why is this man blind in this situation to give glory? Oh, is, is, is his parents like, give me the excuse. Give me the reason why. No, no, no. It's not about the reason. It's about how we use it. So I'm going to plan for the interruptions. Not just to receive interruptions though. Maybe you're looking for something in your life and maybe you need to plan to be in an interrupter for God. Maybe you do need to be an interrupter, but not not just cutting off somebody else's conversation, not just doing that kind of thing, but maybe maybe this is a season that God's calling you to do something greater, something you've never done before, to reach and stretch yourself like you've never been stretched before, because you're like, I'm in need of a miracle in my life, and I've not seen my breakthrough yet. I know it's still in the process, and I know it's still coming, and yet I know that I need to do something, something I've never done before, Uh, I'm I'm excited and and Pastor Kevin may talk about this next week, but I'll touch on it here today. Lent, uh, which is obviously, being a non-denominational church is not something that's been a long time, part of our history as a church of of practicing Lent, but it's a part of my life. It's become a part of my tradition that I do. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm seeking God. Okay, God, what are you asking me in the 40 days leading up to Easter, what are you asking me to fast from? What are you asking me to give up? Because I got some things that, God, I need you to move in. I need some, I need some, I need some, some answers. I need some guidance. There are some things in my life that I need. And I, I absolutely feel that the time has come, that it's time for me to stretch and do something I've never done. I love this woman with the issue of blood. I seriously doubt she has ever been as bold in her life as she was in this moment right here. The fear that she was facing to be a woman of her condition among the people that she was among. Crawling to Jesus just to reach the hem of his garment close to the ground. To be in such a position of vulnerability among so many people. To say, I'm going to do what I've never done before because I want something I've never had before. And this interruption is going to be me interrupting Jesus. We see a picture here of people getting to interrupt Jesus. That Jesus himself is not just an interrupter where he comes into people's lives saying, I'm going to interrupt what you thought. I'm going to interrupt what you're doing because I want to show you something. I want to do something in your life. But then Jesus is even a person who allows himself to be interrupted. He's on his way to a young girl when a woman approaches And he would take time for her, even though she's already healed. Jesus loves her so much that he wants to look upon and see eye to eye to show value and worth. How good is Jesus in this moment? So maybe it's fasting and you've got time, you've got a week and a half to to pray and ask God and consider what is it God would call you to do? Maybe it's just fasting from something you've done before. Maybe it's something you've never done before. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's devotion. I encourage you to seek. And I encourage you with this as we close in 1 John chapter 5, verse 15. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, Interrupt God. Interrupt God today. Maybe you've been coming in here with a problem, and at the end of every service, our prayer team is available and our pastors are available, and and, and you just, nah, today's not the day. Not yet, God. I'm not there yet. God's interrupting right now. If you're listening, if you're hearing, and you're in need, I believe God is interrupting right now. Maybe it's time for you to interrupt Him. And come to Him. Say, God, it's time. It's about time that I interrupt. Maybe it's interrupted. I just remember I saw yesterday or last Sunday we we handed out our our uh, our new You Matter cards, and uh, and I talked about like handing these out, and uh, and I'm on the way to La Madeline over on Collins, and and I'm on the way there, and I'm cutting through the parking lot in front of that. Walmart and and all of a sudden I see one of our church people just giving out cards she's walking in I I see her I don't think she spotted me (laughs) but I saw her I was like oh my god my heart was so encouraged and I was like oh my god we talked about like 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 maybe there's somebody you need to interrupt now maybe there's someone in your life and it's not in a bad way don't cut them off when they're talking but maybe maybe there's someone you need to go share the gospel with Maybe that interruption is you inviting them to church, you encouraging them, you loving them. It doesn't matter their decisions and choices that you're just gonna be like, you know what? God loves you and I do too. You matter to God and you matter to me. You matter and you hand them a card. If God hears us, he hears our request. We also know that he will give us what we ask for. And then jumping to verse 20. And we know that the son of God has come. That's right, the son of God has come. God is such an interrupter that he interrupted the history, the entire timeline to say in this moment, I'm gonna give you my son, your redeemer, your savior, and he's gonna come into this world. Why? Because I'm interrupting history. I'm interrupting the entire timeline. He's an interrupter. And he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God, and he is eternal life. A God not bound by time who created us in his likeness. To not be bound by time, to not be weighted and buried with this thing of time. I know it's a part of our reality and the bill's due when the bill is due and the movie is as long as the movie is (laughs) and we have these situations in this life, but the time is not ours. And I believe if we could keep a better understanding of time as eternal, as time in this this construct of which we measure things, is, is what we've created and invented what is time to god and he's saying i think that if we could view time as eternity that these small interruptions and even these big interruptions that we face now in the face of eternity are much smaller than we think they are listening to that person's story is much smaller in the face of eternity Having to wait for that thing to come through is much smaller in the face of eternity. My question to you today is, have you received eternity? The eternal being who would send his son to interrupt the timeline that we know is history. Have you received him? Have you asked Jesus, say, yes, I give you my life. I'm gonna pray in a moment and ask you to do that. Maybe you're here today and maybe you feel like time has just been been chains that you've been carrying, and I know we have time is surrounding us. It's it's on the dashboard of our vehicle, and and in in our on our kitchens and on our wrists or on our phones. We can't even we can't even play a game on our phone without seeing the time. And of course, now everyone says, "Yeah," and you've been playing this game for this long. It's way too long. You're like, "Oh my goodness!" Like if it's not the Holy Spirit convicting you with your phone. We're bound by time in the natural sense so often. What if we could find the moments to be free of time? What if we could find the moments to say, hey God, this is your time. Everything that you're calling me to do is your time. To honor God by using his time, to glorify him, to praise him, to share his son. What does that look like for you today? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes. So I'm a blessing over you first. Dear God, I thank you today for for what you're doing, what you're speaking. I believe that you have a word for each and every person here today. I pray that they are receiving it, have received it. And if they haven't received it yet, may they receive it in this last song of worship or with a prayer person who loves them and cares about them and wants to stand with them in faith for that need, for that interruption. God, may you open our eyes. Your ways are so much higher than our ways. And so if the ways that we measure time and weigh time and are burdened by time are not your ways, help us to see as you see. To see above the and Help us to know what you call us to you've got a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. Help us to know it today and to not waste any more time, to not linger any longer, to not debate anymore, but to give you our yes. I'm going to lead you in a short prayer. If you would pray with me, this is, if you're giving your life to Jesus, this prayer is for you. If you're if you're just looking to, to get, make your life right and you feel like you're far from Jesus, this prayer is for you. And if, if your life is perfect, then this prayer is still for you because you are called and expected to stand with one another as the body of Christ, as the church, and to edify by praying and leading in faith for one another. And so this prayer is for each and every one of us. So if you'll just say with confidence of who God has made you to be, if you'll repeat this after me and say, Dear God, thank you for Jesus Christ my savior, my redeemer, my forgiver of all my wrongdoings. Help me to live for you, to glorify your name and everything you would call me to do. Show me your purpose and guide my way onto my path that you have created just for me. I love you and thank you for loving me first. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Let's stand and praise him right now. Let's thank him. Let's stand. We're going to worship one more song. Our prayer partners are going to be available to stand with you in faith because they love you and they care about you. And if you're feeling that calling and even after service when we dismiss, they're still going to be available uh, because we care about you. But this is a time for us to press in. This is a time for, for... The the interruption to allow God to interrupt into our life right now during this time of worship, and maybe even right there in your seat. If you're still not ready to take that literal step of faith to come forward to a prayer partner, right there in your seat, start interrupting right now. God is listening. Let's worship.